Ladies and gentlemen, you you listening, it's good to see you again. I hope you feel the same way. Welcome to a new episode of the 2-in-1 podcast. For reference, because this podcast might be out of date by the time you listen to it, we are recording this, Alex and I, Tuesday, February 18th. It's 6.02 p.m. We were going to record, as we normally do, on Sundays and tomorrow on Wednesdays, but just coincidence, Alex was busy tomorrow. We thought it'd be easier to do it tonight. Then about five minutes after that conversation, the floodgates are open. Trades are coming in left or right. I think we have about eight to talk about or seven and a potential eighth one with Alex Martinez to the Golden Knights. Nothing confirmed yet. But Alex, we are here. The 201 podcast, a new standard in sports podcasting. We are back. We've got a good show lined up. The Power Hour will probably... We've got some stuff. Injuries, 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 Alex. Someone got suspended. And then we have so many trades to talk about. So many trades. Too many trades. No such thing. It's too many trades. Of course. I feel so bad. Remember, I texted you. I don't know. I think I texted you this last night, but I guess it applies now, too. I feel really bad for whoever is doing trade deadline for Sportsnet and TSN because I can imagine this is just going to not be fun for them. James Dutchie is going gray probably right now. The poor guy. But anyway, we're going to skip Breathe of the Bye Week today. Because it doesn't matter. We're going to skip the pop quiz because we're not imperfect. But anyway, we'll get right into it. We do have a special guest later on in the show, though. When we talk about the Leafs, it may or may not be Daniel. That's right. Daniel's on the show twice in one year. Wow. Oh, oh my, my goodness. God. <laughs> but anyway, let's open the power hour by talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning. An 11-game win streak. They are so dumb. 11 games. That's ridiculous. You know, you know, they started off quite poorly uh, for their for their team. Obviously, I'm pretty sure they were still above 500, but wasn't looking good for them. They now sit one point, one point behind the Boston Bruins, who currently have 86 points. 80, they have 85 points. Think back to where Tampa were in December. They beat Colorado last night. Their record is now 40, 15, and 5. It is, it is scary. I don't want to look at Andre Vasilevsky's last few games because it's it, just nothing. No it's loss. It's disgusting. No. And I remember uh, you look at Dom Lushijan's, um, the his season standings. The projected standings. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people were giving him a lot of slack because he still had Tampa Bay at his, the, his, whatever algorithm still had Tampa Bay at the top. Even though they started so poorly. All of them idiots. (laughs) And now now he's just sitting there laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Dom's, listen to the numbers, people. They prove you're right. But talk about numbers. We have a number of injuries to talk about. 
The Oilers, who are already without Zach Cassian for kicking somebody, uh, Connor McDavid with a quad injury, Oscar Clefbaum, defenseman, is now out two to three weeks. What does this mean for the Oilers? Honestly, it means absolutely nothing because Leon Dreisaitl is just pouring in the points. <laughs> That's the scary that. thing. It's not even fair. He's really solidified himself as the next Evgeny Malkin. I think, you know, a lot of people when that contract came out really crapped on the Oilers. And mm-hmm. to be honest, I'm not going to lie. I was one of them. So was I. Um, I didn't think, you know, Leon Dreisaitl always wanted to play with Connor McDavid. And at that point, he was playing with Connor McDavid. But I wanted to see him play without Connor McDavid. And this season, he has really proved that. You know, at the start of the season, it was still a, it was still iffy if he was playing with Connor McDavid or not. And now uh, he's on his own line with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and now Kyler Yamamoto, who that line looks deadly. The goal, the goal sharing when they're on the ice, they are tearing second lines apart in the league, as Jeff Merrick would love to say. But anyway, our boy Miko Rantanen, the Army man, is out six to eight weeks with a broken collarbone. Does this mean that the Avalanche are going to do their best to get a top six winger? Whether it be Chris Kreider or maybe it be a possible Tomas Tatar deal. Well, I uh, sent you a text message last night as soon as I found out he was injured. I wouldn't be too surprised if they were really in on the Chris Kreider uh, sweepstakes. I think they're going to push hard uh, to get Chris Kreider. Because, you know, Kadri's also out. Uh, I'm not sure how long he's out for. Now with Ranton and out, that's two big offensive pieces who aren't playing. You know, they also have... I wouldn't be surprised if they went out and made some type of depth defensive deal. Really? You know, yeah, you know, it's, it never hurts to have enough, too many defensemen. You know... And I think we're going to get to this later, but I'm going to throw this guy out there right now. You know who might, may or may not be on the block right now? Who? Florida centerman Vincent Trocek. Oh, I, that sucks. I really like Vinny Trocek. Yeah, but do you think, uh, listen, he has this year and I believe next year at five and a half. Oh, look. You know that that is a potential deal for for the Avalanche to make. He has two years after this at four point seven five. Wow, I was not even close. That's okay though. And it seems like this is a team that has loads of cap space. You know, I get they do have to resign some player. You know, Landeskog has to be resigned next year. Uh, McKinnon in four years. Makar eventually. I don't think this is this is far from something that could happen. He's played the wing and he's played down the middle as well. So- Which it seems like exactly what this team needs. They need a second line center for now, and then they're going to need someone to play on the wing. Which <laughs> it couldn't hurt to have too many wingers. Since we are talking about the Colorado Avalanche, uh, apparently to, Saint, to Frank Saravalli's credit, 
that Colorado and Boston seem to be the front runners for Chris Kreider. Now, also, Elliot Freeman and 31 Thoughts that he released today, because God knows who how accurate it's going to be tomorrow, says that also the St. Louis Blues and the Islanders are in there as well. And according to, one second, I have the tweet right here, if my phone would unlock, to Adrian Dater of, uh, this is, she, he, sorry, is a writer-editor boss for Colorado Hockey News, 39,000 followers, so I, you know, I'm going to give her some credit here. I, I've never really heard of this person, but they say that Thomas Tatar is in play with the abs if Kreider falls through. Buckle up. Now, I am now hoping to God that Chris Kreider is a Buffalo, is a Boston Bruin now. There hasn't been much talk about his contract, though, right? You know, they, they, I think Bob McKenzie reported it last week that they were talking, but there hasn't been much since. There is something I did, uh, there was a clip of it I saw in 31 Thoughts. I just, I can't um, find it. Everything's fine. just, there's so much going that, that's on. Fine. That's fine. That's fine. It just doesn't seem like that is as likely. Oh, yeah. Uh, an extension. Yeah. But that that'd be interesting, uh, Thomas to like again, uh, Thomas Tatar to Colorado is, is similar to the Vincent Trocheck deal. But I think you can you'll definitely get Vincent Trocheck uh, right now for cheaper than Thomas Tatar because Thomas Tatar is having such a a good season. All right, so this is what Freeman says. This is thought number four. Quote: This is good news for the Rangers who continue to both negotiate. With and generate the market for Chris Kreider. Teams, I think, are interested, as we said earlier, Boston, Colorado, Islanders, and St. Louis. There could be more, obviously. I think Washington GM Brian McClellan made a stealth move to see if he could get in on Kreider, but the Dillon trade probably takes him out of it. Imagine if they had pulled that off. So and so, there, there's no real update there, but the Rangers are keeping all their options open. Okay. That'd be interesting. I love that Washington tried to pull that off. Yeah. That, oh, there's just... I don't want Chris Kreider to be a Bruin. Oh, of course. No, you, why would you? You don't want you wanted to take out Frederick Anderson in the first it, it, It's getting more and more and more likely that the Leafs are going to play the Bruins in the first round again. Third straight year. I don't even know what to think about that. Like, it's... It's kind of scary. We knew it was happening. Oh, I know. Thank God for exams. That's oh. gonna be that's gonna be my excuse to not watch games and exams. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah See if you're saying that when there's a game seven and you have an exam at seven. Oh, game seven's a different. Listen, if there's if it's game seven, I have the exam the next day. I'm Sorry, pro- your number. Sorry, professor. Anyway, though, uh, someone else should be saying sorry to probably his family because – no, no, I shouldn't say it like that. That was rude of me. Uh, anyway, Zach Bogosian should be saying sorry to himself in a few weeks because he's ruining his career uh, after he's now been suspended by the Sabres for failing to report to the Rochester Americans. He will not be playing there even though no team wanted him, so he has no value. So his solution is, I'm going to sit on my ass and not do anything. Exactly. (laughs) What do you want me to say, man? I mean, just talk to me about, like, what's Zach Bogosian thinking here? 
Like, how is this going to help anyone involved? You're ruining your own value. It's a contract year. Uh, but here's the thing, though. I don't think I don't think you're ruining your own value. Clearly, no one wants you, right? You know what? You know what the thing is, though. Uh, for me personally, is I think he has such a high cap hit at five point one. That's the issue. If I'm a team, even at fifty percent retained. That's just over two and a half million dollars. That's a lot of money. And, you know, I know generally teams can take on more at the trade deadline because no one knows how the salary cap works. Mm -hmm. But if let's say, you know, he just doesn't play the rest of the season, I wouldn't be surprised if a team calls him not on July 1st, but maybe July 5th or July 6th and says, hey, are you interested in a one-year deal, league men? Like it's he's a right-handed defenseman. Fine, he's not the greatest right-handed defenseman in the world, but I think he's still an like he can play bottom pairing minutes. But you're just—I wouldn't want him anymore. If you're saying to me, "Oh." Here's this team. They're already the Sabers are in a tough enough position at fault of their own. Yes, but, but he's not going to play though. It doesn't matter if if I'm the if I'm looking at Bogosian and looking at the the um, situation in Buffalo. He's not playing in Buffalo. He'd play in Rochester though. You'd have a chance. Sure, but what are you going to get out of him playing in the in the AHL? What is a team if a team goes and scouts the AHL game? You're not like if he gets traded, I don't think a team is going to send him down to the AHL. I just think if I'm Zach Bogosian, I think it would be better if I were to show that I give a damn and I would go report and play. How bad I don't think it affects Jonathan Druin when he wouldn't do it. Josh Host, Josh Host saying, "Look at that guy. He bucked because up because they're went yeah. back to Ford and he started playing." Yeah, but that's after Blue Lamarillo told him, um, "No one's interested in you." And Josh Hosang is also twenty-two, and has Zach Bogosian has is I don't know how old he is. He's made his money. I just I, I think this is going to do a lot of damage to Zach Bogosian's career. How, but I'm at, here's the thing I'm asking you though is how much more damage is it going to do? Because again, right now no one wants him at the five point one cap hit. Yeah. Or or I'm guessing I wonder if a team's asked about fifty percent retained, and at that point no one wants him at two point six. Mm -hmm. So how much more damage is he doing? He's already. It, his value is already minimum. Because you could blame the Sabres enough for A, not playing him normally as they did. But then you know, now you also put onus on the player for not even giving a damn and reporting to the AHL. So even if you didn't want to take him before at even $2 million, why the hell am I going to give this guy another shot making league min when he won't even report to try and give himself a chance to be traded? That's because just he's not, but he's not going to increase his value in the AHL. That doesn't mean you just sit on your ass and done. You're just making Buffalo's situation even worse. That's not. It's being no, but play. it's not making Buffalo's situation any worse. If he goes to the AHL and doesn't play, or if he just doesn't report, there's no difference in value because his value is already rock bottom. His value at this point, his value cannot get lower. And if you know what, if he can't get a contract. 
I guarantee you someone in Europe will offer him a contract. Well, great. He can go play for the Zurich Lions then, all right? Go have fun <laughs> over there, Zach, all right? I'm sure there's an, I'm sure Darren Ferris would love to try and get you a contract over there. But, hey, Alex, um, I'm constantly refreshing Twitter because God knows what's going to happen next. So, all right, I say we will start talking about Andy Green. Might as well get the what I think is the weirdest <laughs> trade out the way first. So the Devils have traded, did you know he was their captain, Andy Green, to the New York Islanders. Of course, you have the Lou Lamorello connection there. Yeah. In exchange, the Devils acquired David Quinville, a defenseman who is really just a warm body, so I guess defensive or defenseman, as well as a 2021 second-round pick. Now, at the same time, Andy Green waived his no-trade clause, because somehow he had one, to go to this deal, so to go to the Isles. What are your thoughts initially on the return for the Devils, let's say? I think that's great return for the Devils, considering... How he's Andy Green's thirty-seven, making five million dollars, or has five million dollars against the cap, and got no salary retention. That I think, and he's a UFA at the end of the year, and they got a second-round pick. I don't think Andy Green is as good as a second-round pick. No, not at all. I think this was just Lou Lamarello making a deal to bring in someone he likes. You know what? What's, what's really funny? So please remember this for me that so and he got an assist in his first game too. Can you just remember twelve points for me, please, Alex, while I look something up? Sure. Twelve, 12 points. Andy Green has twelve points. PK Subban has thirteen this year. <laughs> just just let that sink in for a second. That thirty-seven. Yeah, but that doesn't. I'm sorry, but that doesn't increase his trade value. I think that just decreases PKs. I'm just, I'm just laughing about that. He has one point more than PK Subban. Um, I'm sorry. I love you. Um, and then I guess, yeah, I just you said it there. I guess was the fact that Lamorello's doing this. Because they, they've had some injury problems on the back end, have the Devils, and I guess maybe that's why they end up having to give up a second-round pick. But yeah, it's really right. bringing in the face he knows. The guy, he made the captain of the team. But did they really have to give up a second-round pick? To be honest, when I, look at, when I looked at this team, uh, when we did our trade boards, I looked at the New Jersey Devils, and... I'm like, I don't know what you get for Andy Green. Like, yeah, he's the captain. You can, he he's, has leadership skills, but what are you going to do with him moving forward? I thought they'd get like a sixth. Sixth. I didn't think it was that. I thought, okay, a fourth, maybe. But to get a second, and I guess just some guy who can turn into something, hopefully, you know, he's still 21 um, in David Coenville. Real like that just seems like a lot to give up for Andy Green, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be surprised if Lou Lamorello resigned him. No, <laughs> I can't wait till he's the because the Islanders don't have a captain, do they? No, they do. Who's the Islanders' captain? I'm gonna tell you right now. It's Anders Lee. Oh yeah. Okay, well, that's awkward. 
Whoops, sorry, Islanders, but I don't care about you. Uh, moving <laughs> on, though, we'll stick on the New Jersey page because, oh boy, has Tom Fitzgerald been doing a good job. Tampa Bay, from the Devils, acquire forward Blake Coleman. In exchange, the Devils are going to get a 2020 first rounder. Of course, this is the first round pick Tampa got from the Vancouver Canucks for JT Miller. Of course, the condition on this pick is if the Canucks miss the playoffs this year, this first rounder will be a 2021, so 2020. They also get, Tampa, I mean, will get forward prospect Nolan Foote, who Tampa chose 27th overall in the 2019 draft. And I, I just think this is a trade. I, I do, too. Um Coleman is having a great year offensively. He's making a re- he's on a value deal, which is exactly what one point eight million. One point eight million dollars this year and next. And he has, I believe, he's at what twenty one goals so far. Twenty one goals and thirty one points in fifty seven games. I won't lie to you, Alex. I didn't know this guy was a, a real player until this trade happened, and I looked him up and said, "Oh my." Yeah, he is. This is a great trade for. Listen, <clears throat> sure, the price that the Lightning gave up that was probably a little too high. My guess is, you know, they can give up this and feel no impact. No, absolutely none. They've they gave up the first. Ra- yeah, they they gave up the first round pick that they got. Okay, and they gave up a prospect, but they have prospects still coming up. That's what the Tampa Bay Lightning are. Blake Coleman is going to be a Tampa Bay Lightning next year, while some other players will not because he can replace those players at a bargain price. I think the, you know, from New Jersey side, you know, the first round pick, they have three first round picks this year. They have their own. They have the Arizona Coyotes first round pick, unless it's top three. Um, and they have now Vancouver's first round pick, unless they miss the playoffs, which at this case doesn't seem likely. Now, let me ask you the Jeff Merrick question. Which player brought in more, Taylor Hall or Blake Coleman? I think probably, I don't know. I was leaning towards Taylor Hall, and I'll tell you why. Because, you know, sure, they have the first-round pick, guaranteed first-round pick, mm-hmm. either this year or next year. Then you have the three pro- the two prospects, and then you have Nick Merkley. And then you have that conditional pick uh, for him re-signing and them making it, I think, past the first round in the playoffs. Where, what could that pick turn into? I think they got more out of the Taylor Hall trade than they did the Blake Coleman, but they got great assets from the Blake Coleman trade. Mm-hmm. And I really like Nolan Foote. He has 33 points in 27 games this year. My heart sank because I, I almost got duped by a fake Twitter account. Why? The trade was Thomas Tatar and Ilya Kovalchuk to the Avalanche oh, for gosh. first Alex Newhook. And then I saw the trade. I saw it was 19 hours ago. I'm like, ah. Can I just say something? Yeah. I hate those fake NHL Twitter accounts. Oh, it's the worst. It pisses me off so much. 
I've almost seen Dangle's tweet. Yeah, the best part about making fake um, trade accounts is getting laid all the time. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Steven, you are... Well, because imagine if you're a reporter and you see that and you retweet or something, your career is just, it just, it must, that's my worst fear is that we get into the business and we do something like that. So oh. I almost derailed the show to say that the Habs just got Alex Newhook, but happily that did not happen. But we're talking about the Habs and Mark Bergevin, no one is better at making depth moves than Mark Bergevin. The Habs have flipped Marco Scandella, which they, uh, he acquired, sorry, they acquired Marco Scandella for fourth from the Buffalo Sabres. Scandella has now been traded to the St. Louis Blues for a conditional fourth in 2021 and a 2020 second rounder. I don't know what's funnier, uh, the amount of second round picks the Habs have this year or the fact that um, Buffalo are literally just took a crap in their pants because of what Montreal just got. If you'd excuse me for a second, I just want to talk about, before we go into the in-depth injury, I just want to talk about Marco Scandella as a Haps fan. First of all, uh, Sean Campbell apparently had just talked to Marco Scandella. He said he knew the trade, that he might be traded a few times this season. He cherished every moment as a Habs because his parents went to every game. Of course, he was a Habs fan growing up. He didn't rule out the possibility of coming back to Montreal. Apparently, they did talk contract, but they Marco Scandella wanted to wait until the end of the year. So the Habs thought, and good on Bergevin to trade him. And, of course, fantastic for Marco because he gets to go to a cup contender. So I'm, I'm really – this is this was his career this year. Buffalo to his hometown where he scored a huge goal against the Toronto Maple Leafs as a Habs fan. You have to love that for him, you know, growing up as one as well. And now he gets to go to St. Louis to try and win a Stanley Cup. So um, just as a Habs fan, I want to say uh, thank you, Marco. And I wish you the best of luck. And on the side of this, haha, Buffalo, you losers. Yeah, man. It's hilarious. Asset management. Yeah, but now the real asset management comes in is what are they going to do with all those second round picks? Yeah. And I, I think it's going to be it's, it's going to be a shaping up because as we all need to remember, the draft is in Montreal. Mm-hmm. So I, regardless if they decide to make some moves with these deals or they decide to draft them, and you know they've been doing a much better job of that over the past few years, it'll be interesting. Of course, Bergeron's job is not done yet because there is still... Looking at all these returns, I think you'd be a fool to not see what you can get for Tomas Tatar and probably not trade him. And at the same time, Ilya Kovalchuk, if they only wanted a second before, I think that price has gone up, Alex. I don't know. We'll see. But they're getting at least a second rounder. I don't know about rounder. that one. They're getting at least a second rounder. <laughs> if Andy, Andy effing Green got... Yeah, but that, the only reason they got a second round pick is because, number one, in, uh, in the same division, number two is because it was Lou Lamorello. Are you, so you're telling me you don't think Kovalchuk will go for a second rounder? Yeah, but that's what we've been talking about that since, the, since a week after he signed with the Canadians. Yeah, but now it's actually We've been talking about They've been talking about this for weeks. Yeah. I assumed you meant more. No, no, no. Do you I'm mean just saying, more than a second round pick? I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not saying you're going to get Alex Newhook in a second. I'm just saying like I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a second or a third. I'm not saying they're going to go rob a team. I'm just saying now like 
Like, it's going to be more than yeah. just a second. Even if it's just a second and a fourth, I think that'd be fantastic. Okay. That's I don't think you believe me. I do believe you. You have that smirk on you, Alex. But anyway, we'll move on to another defenseman. The Washington Capitals just are not going to be a fun team to play because it's either you're going to have to deal with the offensive ability of Kuznetsov, Backstrom, Oshie and Ovechkin, and then a back end that's going to have guys like John Carlson, Radko Gudas, along with newly acquired Brendan Dillon for a 2022nd and a conditional 2021 third. God, and oh, by the way, Tom Wilson's on that team too. Oh, yeah. Just my, in case you forgot. My uh, dear God, the Capitals. Just in case you forgot what that team is filled with. What's there to say? Well, <laughs> sir. Yeah. I just said, what's. Clean, we'll clean that up. Do, 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 do. We got some technical. Difficulties. Sorry, say that again. You Sorry, yeah, no. What do you. Cut so out. What, what more is there to say about the Washington I didn't Capitals? hear what you said. You didn't hear me? All right, do we just want to, like, put a cut Pardon? in? Do we want to just put in, like, the technical difficulty and. Da, 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 da. No, no, just say it. Go, go. It's okay. All right. Um. I mean, what more is there to say other than the Capitals are going to be absolute killers in the playoffs this year? Um, they're going to be killers. They are going to be deadly, deadly, deadly killers. I like this. I really like this. It's interesting. It's an interesting move. I think it's another depth. I, I really think it's a depth piece at this point. Obviously, you know... You, you know, you look at so is Brendan Dillon on the left side? I for, I forget. He's a righty. Okay, so they have a right side right now: John Carlson, Nick Jensen, who they got last year, and Rad Kogudis, who they also got last year. Jensen. Nick Jensen. Sorry. Is he Finnish? I'm not sure, but I believe <laughs> he was on Detroit. He was, yes, they did. They yeah, got he was the guy. He was the guy that all Lee fans wanted, and then they saw he signed a four-year, two and a half million dollar deal. That's brutal. But that—that's a good signing, especially you know that's really a, a depth piece at this point. If he can play on the left side, which I'm going to check right now, that would be very good too. Yeah, he's left-handed, so he'd play on the left side. That that really fits their left, their th third pair. You know, they on the left side they have Michael Kempney, uh, Dmitry Orlov, and I'm gonna try to say, say his name, Jonas Siegenthaler. Um, sounds good. Sounds right. So I think he could really fit in there, and then you'd have a third pairing of Brendan Dillon and Radko Gudis. Oh. Well, they, they wouldn't play. They would just be in the box the entire time. <laughs> it'd be it'd be ugly. Uh, but let's talk about some more defensemen. The Ottawa Senators have traded Dylan DeMello to the Winnipeg Jets for a 2023rd round pick. I love this deal for both teams. The Sens get a pick, and the Jets need a very much needed defenseman. Yes, you know, it, it's 
we've talked about it for weeks that they needed a defenseman, especially on the right side. Uh, Dylan DeMello seems to have been having a a good season. They acquired DeMello in the Eric Carlson trade. Um, Remember when he was good? Who, Eric Carlson? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. I, um, so it, it, it's nice to see from Ottawa's perspective because they're getting a pick. Um, but I think more for Winnipeg who are going to be making a push. It's important for them. Yeah. So they don't have to heavily rely on uh, Connor Hellebuck. And they're not giving up a first like they have for the past few years with rentals. Right. I don't think the Winnipeg Jets are done, though. Really? I think they go out and make another move. Would it, would it And would Nick Ehlers or Kyle Connor be one of the players going the other way in that deal? I don't think so. I think if one of them were to be moved, I think that's in the offseason. You know, I think... Do. Pardon? Then what do you think they do? They bring in another defenseman. Because right now, this is from Daily Faceoff, their pairings are Morrissey and Tucker Pullman, Dmitry Kulikov, Neil Pionk, and Sammy Niku and Nathan Beaulieu. So Dylan DeMello sl- slots into either Tucker Pullman or Nathan Beaulieu, whichever one. But even then, you know, do you really want – like right now they have Tucker Pullman on their top defensive pairing. Is that something you want? No, not at all. Right. So I think they really look at bringing in someone like anyone to play on the right side. You know, we've talked about um, Sammy Vatanen. Or we used to talk about Travis Hamannick, but since he's injured, I don't think that's going to be a case anymore. Do you see them moving Sammy Vatanen, you know, considering what they could get? Yeah, I mean, I, talk we'll about that first rounder. I think Sammy Vatanen's going for a first now. I don't think so. I don't think so. He's a tier above a guy like Brandon Dillon. Yeah, but you, we're going to talk about it uh, in a little bit. But you look at the Alec Martinez trade and what potentially is being moved there, mm-hmm. um, which according to uh, Bob McKenzie is it could be two for two second round picks. And this is a guy, sure, he's left handed, but he can play on the right and it, and he has an extra year on his deal yet left. Which, as the Coleman deal shows you, the value just goes boop, 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 boop. Right. Um, our second or third last trade to really talk about, a prospects trade. We don't see these very often. I think the last, any sort of comparable, was the Alex Nylander for Henry Yokoharju. Even those guys are NHLers. But the New York Rangers acquire prospect Julian Gauthier from the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for Joey Keane. Yeah. I think this is a trade that works out for, for both teams. Um, Joey Keane is a right-handed defenseman. Listen, they ha- obviously the Carolina Hurricanes have loads of defensemen. I think this is just an add, an add-on to their to their uh, core or their defensive depth. Sorry, could, he could potentially be packaged in another deal. You never know at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. He's played. 49 games with the Hartford Wolf Pack 
uh, which is the Rangers affiliate team, has 30 points. So, and he's also 20. He is 20 years old. So that thing from their case, I think it makes sense. And I think it makes even more sense from a Rangers perspective because, you know, you look at at the Rangers right side and I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. You obviously have Jacob Truba, you have Adam Fox and you have Anthony D'Angelo. So I don't, it's a great name. Yeah. I don't think that, um, that that blue line's getting mixed up anytime soon. But what they are, what the Rangers are looking for, and you know, we talked about before if they were gonna trade Alex Georgiev, was a score was a winger or any type of forward who is almost NHL ready. And I think this is kind of what you're getting in with Julian Gauthier. You know, he hasn't panned out to be the player everyone was expecting. At this point, he you know he's 22. He was picked 21st overall in 2016. But I think this is a guy they can definitely work with. He had he has listen. He's it's not that he's not good. He has 37 points this year in 44 games in the AHL. He hasn't really gotten the shot to play in the in the NHL. It's only in right. five games. Right. So I think maybe. With this team, who is is I guess still rebuilding, I'm not entirely sure what the New York Rangers are at this point. This is this is good for the Rangers. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely still rebuilding. I wouldn't say the Rangers aren't in any sort of crisis. I'd say for them, uh, and they're they're doing the rebuild very very well. Uh, our final big trade has been confirmed because we're still waiting on the Alec Martinez confirmation. Now, the Vancouver Canucks are in a bit of a tough spot. Michael Furland is, we're just going to say, gone. Well, he's out for the rest of the season. That was in the uh, blog. I, I only say gone because with concussions, you don't know. At least with Brock Besser, we know he's out for eight weeks. It, this sounds terrible. With rib cartilage fractures. What? Now, Brock Besser, there's always been concern with his with his health. He's never had a full healthy season. That's why they only did, I believe, like it was a three, four-year deal with him. So to combat these injuries, the Canucks have now acquired – sorry, not Alec Martinez. I got this mixed up last time. They have acquired Tyler Toffoli from the LA Kings in exchange for warm-body Tim Schaller for the salaries to work out, center prospect Tyler Madden, a conditional fourth in 2022, and a 2022nd rounder. I don't mind this deal at all, actually. I think it's what both teams want. And I think that's, you know, I, I, I feel like I keep saying that at this point, but... It's the truth. Let let's go through the list of what what does the Van, what do the Vancouver Canucks need? Uh, they need they need forwards. They need bodies. And they just got that in Tyler Toffoli, right? Uh, you know you lose both. Now you've lost Michael uh, Furland and uh, and um, Brock Besser. That and now it was originally supposed to be a couple weeks, and now it's eight weeks. He was going to be reevaluated, sorry, in three weeks, and now Brock Besser is out for eight weeks. You know, mm-hmm. so he probably might be back 
for the playoffs. Now, what do the Kings need? Uh, Prospects? Yeah, to be younger and faster. Prospects and picks, which is exactly what they got. I mean, obviously, you got Tim Schaller, who is kind of just a throw in a, a roster player, which when you're rebuilding, you need roster players. Like, you need someone to play on the ice. Right? So, I think this deal really worked out well for both teams. Tyler Madden, uh, he is 20, drafted third, uh, in the, sorry, in the third round in 2018, is playing at Northeastern University, has 37 points in 27 games. Uh, just a note on him, he'll be gone for, I believe it was four to six weeks. He has a broken finger, Bob McKenzie reporting, so he'll be out for, and I don't know how good Northeastern are, so I know, the, but the NCAA season ends pretty soon. But I, I, I don't like this deal for the Canucks, but I understand why they did it. They, This is the move to me that a team like Tampa Bay makes, when you're close to it and you need that one more piece. Now, the problem is with the Canucks is they can't afford to miss out on the playoffs because of that conditioned first-round pick. But I don't think they're in a position where they can trade or row away their first and their second rounders all willy-willy-nilly. Now, they're lucky the JT Miller deal has worked out for them, but I really, really don't like this move. I understand it. I don't like it. I don't like how Toffoli only has this year left. And just to make it fit, you had to have Levo and Besser on LTIR. Well, I think they were gonna. I think they were gonna go on LTIR anyways. Were they not? I know, but like their salary situation is in such. They have thirty k in salary in uh, in cap space right now. I I just don't get it. I I really I don't I don't like it for the Canucks. This is a reason okay. I don't like this team. It's just you're you're going for it when I, I you don't need to. Okay, I have a question. Yeah. Because they were going, they're going to make a move, right? Like I think at that point, it, it, it's you have to because you're sitting in a in a dogfight with the Oilers and I think the Flames for the Pacific Division, right? You just lost, you know. Now it's kind of confirmed Michael Furland isn't coming back. That's one forward. Go- confirmed out for the rest of the season now you're gonna miss brock besser for the rest of the rest of the regular season at least uh, what do you do in jim benning's position then i don't make a move this isn't a team that there i think the canucks are overachieving right now they're only in this position because the pacific is such a joke right but wouldn't it still make sense to go for it if you yeah. have the chance you look at what happened last year I just don't like it. I don't like that you're going to probably lose Tyler Toffoli because you can't lock up Tyler Toffoli. You, you can't do it. You can't do that type of deal before you have Patterson and Quentin Hughes ready. I, I just don't like it. You're, you're going to lose him. You're second for basically nothing when you're a team that has a really, a really good job of scouting over the past few years. Right. Again, yeah, I, I understand why they did it. Because of the injuries, because of that first, I understand it. I just do not like it. And I, I see the position Jim Benning's in, but they put themselves in the situation to begin with. Wait, what do you mean they put themselves in the situation? Half, like it's it, Again, it's injuries. They're Not only are they missing those two, they're missing Josh Levo, and I think they're missing a couple other players as well. 
Was it their fault that they gave Louis Erickson that deal? Is it their fault they gave Jordy Ben, Jay Beagle, those type of deals? Yeah, that is. Yeah, that's their fault. I'm not I'm not saying it's not their fault. If there was a good chance that they could re-sign Tyler Toffoli, I wouldn't be upset about this deal. But the fact that I am pretty sure they're going to lose him for nothing is what I don't like about this. But if Jim – okay. If you're Jim Benning – and you're sitting there saying, I'm on the hot seat because, you know, my team is currently sitting in pretty much a dogfight, could potentially finish first in the division by the end of the year. And now, you know, you're missing Michael Furland minimum for at least the rest of the year. You're missing Brock Besser for eight weeks and Josh Levo is sitting on LTIR. What do you do? Because it doesn't seem like missing the playoffs was an option. Uh, I'm just going to get the NHL standings up because I want to get an exact sense of how far out the Canucks, like how far in the Canucks are. So they've got 69 points. Nice. So yeah, they're right there. Okay, you're right. They are legit in that dogfight. But I look at the teams around them. Calgary have been a mess. They're the only team in the playoff spot that have a minus goal differential. The Yotes haven't been able to figure it out. They're not going to get Darcy Camper back for a little bit still. The Preds have been incredibly inconsistent. Vegas the same, and Edmonton don't have McDavid. Yeah, they're playing well, but now they've just lost one of their best defensemen. Okay. Yeah, they're one bad streak away from you know losing on the playoffs, but every team in that division is. No, but that's fine. But if Jim Benning is on the hot seat, which I'm... I'm pretty sure I read somewhere. You have to make a move. If you're Jim Benning, you're on the hot seat, and it's and if it's either I don't make the playoffs or I'm fired. Because any of those teams that you mentioned go on a hot streak. And like the Arizona Coyotes, once Darcy Kemper comes back, can go on a hot streak. Calgary Flames, based on their team on paper, can go on a hot streak. Those are two teams that can knock them out of the playoffs. What do you do in that situation? Because even next year, right? Like, it's not like this team is old. No. The majority of the, this team is still quite young. And to give up a second and a prospect and a conditional fourth, I don't think is a big price to pay, considering how well they scout and looking at the prospects that they still have. I do not like the idea of a team like the Canucks making go for it moves. I just don't. I, but, I don't think they're in that. I, I, a second is a lot if for a rental player. Again, we talk about Tampa Bay giving up a first and Nolan Foot like it's nothing. Though that's not the Canucks. No, I get that's not the Canucks. But we, okay, let's. What are the other deals that were made? Right. T- uh, okay, Dylan Demello. They gave up a third. Andy Green got a second. Marco, the- Sc- Marco Scandella got a second. Those are all defensemen. I'm not comparing the market there. And if that means I have to go back on Kovalchuk, I'll say that. But even though the TSN guys, there's a new insider trading about the price of him going up. But I'm not going to – I no, I, you're not going to convince me on this. This is a bad move for the Canucks. It doesn't make sense. Okay, but why – so why is it every time we talk about – okay, here's here's it. Here is – it's my perspective from my perspective because 
all I see on Leafs Twitter is bitching and complaining that that Kyle Dubas didn't do enough when the Leafs had Matthews, had Marner, and had Nylander all on entry-level deals. That, you know, those were the years that you go for it. But you don't agree with those people. You still have those players at what? Are any one of them 23 yet? I don't. Uh, I think Nylander is. No, I'm not saying I agree with it. I, I'm just saying it's. A, it, it could potentially be a valid point, considering the me- the the mess that they're in. You know. Yes, you you said it perfectly. They have Louis Erickson at six million dollars. They have to figure out their goaltending situation. They still have Roberto Luongo's recapture penalty. This might be a, one year that they could go for it. And I don't think giving up a second, a fourth, and a prospect is the biggest thing for this team, considering the prospects they still have in the in the minors and still have in Europe and still have wherever, and considering their scouting. Listen, if they want to give up a second rounder, they'd be lucky to get to the second round. They That's their prerogative. I don't, I, I don't okay, like... Okay, do they make the playoffs next year? Next year? I, don't yeah. ask me next year. Don't you dare. No. I don't know what the team's going to... I don't know what the, the division's going to look like next okay, year. Okay, well, Edmonton's going to be better. Yes. Right? Vegas? What's we'll Vegas? Will still be good. We well, have Cal- Calgary? We have no clue because they might trade a core member of the team, but they're still going to have Giordano. They'll still probably have Monaghan. But they're going to be a good team. They're going to be good probably be better than they were this year because I think this year was simply a down year. Yes. Okay, San... Uh, no, not even going to get there. San I was going to say San Jose, but no. That's not even How true. about and, and Arizona? I think they're... Darcy Kemper is Darcy Kemper again, and they'll so be... So that's five oh. Pacific teams. Yes. Okay. And but I don't Winnipeg be- next year when they won't even have Tyler Toffoli, will the Jets... Well, the Canucks. Canucks, sorry, yeah. But they'll have other players to replace him. Who's going to replace him? He's he's not, dude. He's Brock Besser's replacement. Right now, he's Brock Besser's replacement. Yeah, but you know, do they be- still not have to sign? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Vasily Podkolzin. I don't know if he's coming next year because I thought it was still well, the year after. The year after, I think. Okay, either way. But that's one guy they're bringing. ELC, won't he? Yeah, he'll be signed to an ELC. Yeah, so that's different. Listen, I Why is that different? It's still a player that can... Rep- you, you you continually tell me that Cole Caulfield is going to come here. That's a player you're getting for free. You're not giving up a second rounder for someone. Right, so you don't have... Two, three more right, months. so now you... I understand that, but if Tyler Toffoli leaves, they still have other players that can replace Tyler Toffoli. Because when they make the playoffs, Brock Besser's going to be back. So Tyler Toffoli's going to be Tyler Toffoli. But you won't have the second. You yep. prob- I don't care about the fourth. And guess okay. what? You're not going to have that prospect. What was his name? I don't even know. Ty- Tyler Madden. You're not going to have Tyler Madden. But they still have other people. You still need prospects. They have all these things. Yeah, but they're they're not as plentiful and stocked as Tampa are. They're not the same position as but the But they league. didn't give up a first for Blake Coleman. They already yeah, they they gave up their first for JT Miller and then and, gave up their second for Tyler Toffoli. Right. So you're telling me they make no move. 
I if I'm Jim Benning, I'm not making. And your and your ass is on the line. And if you don't make the playoffs, you're absolutely getting fired. We don't know if he's on the line. No, I'm very sure he's on the line. I'm gonna search it up. Well, Mark Bergevin's ass is probably on the line. No, nah, man, he that guy, his ass is on the line. His ass should have been on the line three years ago. We okay, that's that's very true. All right, anyway, let's. I want to quickly touch on the Martinez trade because we did spend a lot of time on the Canucks, more time than the Canucks deserve, in my opinion. But anyway, so Bob McKenzie, the Bob father, decided to put this little tweet thread out there. He says, quote, It's not done yet, but Vegas and LA are working to try to finalize a deal that would send Alec Martinez to the Golden Knights. Most telling sign will be if Martinez is in or out of the lineup tonight. Um, this is, I'll read a bit of the thread. If this deal gets done, I expect the likely return will be two second-round picks. Martinez, by the way, has one year left in this contract. Uh, and by the way, he also adds that Martinez actually will sit out tonight. So it sounds like two second rounders, Vegas get a defenseman that uh, even though they wanted a puck mover, instead they're getting Alec Martinez. Thoughts on that for the Golden Knights? A little... I don't. I don't mind that trade. No. Um. No, because we listen. I get they need a puck moving defenseman, but. I think he can play on the right side, which is, I think, something they wanted improvement on. You know, you you look at what they wanted to do last year, or uh, yes, la- was it last year they, or two years ago they wanted to get Eric Carlson. That was two years ago. And it seems like they haven't really done much since then to uh, look at that to address that issue. No. Right. So I think this is kind of them saying, okay, we want someone who can play on the right, and this is the guy. I think that's I, fair. I don't mind the second, the two seconds, simply because they have them for next year. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Um, also, Alex, while we are here, that's, you know, that's all the trade talk we have here. Jesus Christ. How, how long have we been going for so far? Hour 27. Oh, boy. This might be our longest episode yet. Well, I guess, Alex... I know this isn't good for radio, but I want to have a moment of silence for James Duchy. So if we could please just bow our heads and give a moment of silence to the Duchy. All right, that's enough. Because poor James Duchy will have nothing to work with come trade deadline so far. Especially if Chris Kreider is done by the weekend, which I think he might be. Uh, but anyway, Alex, I guess we should talk about the Habs. I have something to say. You have something to say. Yeah. All right. Um, cause neck, we were gonna do, we're gonna insert here the leaf stuff. Ah uh, yes. Which we had, we recorded before the podcast because no, Daniel no, couldn't leave with Daniel us. Live now. Woo. Cause yeah. <laughs> so apparently John Bartlett just tweeted yeah. out that. That Evgeny Malkin is indeed a scratch tonight versus the Leafs. I'm not entirely sure what that means. I mean, I don't think it's a trade. Don't, don't try to Could tell you me that. Imagine? I I think we'd have to do an emergency podcast. How, how, how about this, Evgeny Kuznetsov? No, no, sorry. I mean, Ilya Kovalchuk. Get out of here. Or Evgeny Malkin. Yeah, I'm just saying, Alex. Because Elliot Friedman. 14 minutes ago said Malkin left warm up early. We'll see if he's a go for tonight. 
I, I, my guess is it's something about uh, maybe nagging injury or something. Yeah. Which, so. I mean, that would just make the Penguins stronger, let's be honest. Well, Alex, I think we should give Daniel a call. Okay. Ring, ring. Alex, we're back. Hi, Adam. Hello there. Well, we haven't really left. You know who else is here? Is it Daniel? I, do, do you hear that? I think it is. Oh. <laughs> he is here. I don't believe it. Him? We had- times of the year? Yeah. <laughs> is this how we should open the show, Alex? Is this good? Yes. All right, then. I'm going to hand this off to you because we only have Daniel for a certain amount of time. We're gracious for him to give him. for him. We are gracious for at him. I'm in such a rush. I'm sorry. Daniel, thank you for being here. We won't waste your time anymore. Alex, I think there are some things about the Leafs you want to talk about, so I'll hand it over to you. Yeah, we only have you for half an hour, so we're going to get through as much as uh, as much as we can here. Sounds good. Let's... I. I don't know. Have you been on the podcast since the Leafs made the Kyle Clifford and Jack Campbell deal? I was not. That happened a week after. Okay. So what were your initial thoughts on that deal? You know, they gave up Trevor Moore and two thirds. Yes. And was it two thirds? I forgot. One third, I think, I believe was conditional. Okay. Yeah. It was a second in the conditional third based on Campbell playing and Clifford resigning. Thank you, Adam. So what were your initial thoughts on that deal? I think like there's a lot of rumors already on Jack Campbell and something was going to happen. You know, people are blaming Michael Hutchinson that night, but I'm like, you know, something was already in the works. They knew he wasn't going to be their number two guy. And what what have you thought of their performance so far? Obviously, Jack Campbell has, you know, been the shining light that we've been waiting for uh for a backup goalie kyle clifford has already gone into one fight you know those uh tweeters must be really excited Mm -hmm. i think you know following trevor moore in his career in the marlies you know it was kind of hard to see him go but i don't know just these are two guys that like campbell clifford they want to be in toronto like i love their interviews what they said about being on this team and what they show it is just just I'm going to throw this out there. I know I'm going to it's not going to sound uh, it's not going to sound fun for a few Lee fans here. Is Jack Campbell the new James Reimer? Do we love him that much? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Do we love him that much? Are we there? Steve Dangle does. Because uh, it know. seems like it. I'll give him a few more games. See how the season goes. And- oh, OK. Yeah, I'll dictate it. Now, Jack Campbell, uh, he has how many points? Has he not had more, almost as many points for this team? than like Michael Hutchinson has nine points all season. And this guy has uh, six, seven, seven, seven. He is an improvement, right? It's clear that he's an improvement. Now, you know, before the All-Star break, we saw uh, Freddie was not having uh, the greatest time in net. And, you know, he comes back, then he has that the whole injury incident. And he's now come back, and it's not the, he's not looking like Freddie. 
you know, there's different questions there, obviously. Uh, the defense um, really isn't up there. I think we've had that discussion before. There's not a goaltending controversy here, right? Like, you know, I saw, I think it was from the Toronto Star, an article asking if there's a goaltending controversy in Toronto. And, you know, is Freddie going to lose his starting job? That's that's ridiculous, right? They're really jumping the guns on that one. Like, he's been here for two weeks. Was that yeah. Steve Simmons who wrote it? Uh, no, no, he's not at the star. I'm not sure who wrote it. I just saw, I think it was Justin Bourne uh, retweeted it. And I'm like, man, like, he's been here for two weeks now. He's played four games for this team, and you're already already going to sit here and tell me that there's a goaltending controversy. Oh, I just found Kevin McCran. McGran, I believe, yes. Anderson or Campbell is a goalie is a Leafs goalie controversy brewing. I don't know. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I don't know if how you could sit there and. Obviously, we know why the story was written. Uh, we're talking about it. That's exactly why it was written. Yeah. But just that idea of, you know, man, like Anderson has literally stood on his head for the last three years since since he came here. Since he was traded to Toronto, signed a five-year extension, has stood on his head. I, I don't I think everyone's just completely this is a low blow to Freddie. Absolute low so. blow. Absolute low blow. Uh last week, I'm not sure if you saw, I believe it was Pierre Lebrun or Darren Dreger talked about first on insider trading, talking about the Leafs and Jake Muzzin are coming closer to an extension. Uh Pierre Lebrun came out and said his sense was it was four years at five and a half million dollars. What are your thoughts on that deal? I mean, it's a lot different. I think last time I was on the show, we said I said six and six. Right. Uh, four is a lot better term. Five point five. You know, I'll live with that. And he's like, again, it's a guy who wants to be in Toronto. Like, I I love him here. He gives what Toronto needs. I would you say that this season he has been the Leafs' best defenseman? I think so. Most consistent. Well, what, 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 in terms, not like injury, like we're standing for, injury. We're forgetting about Martin Marinson. Oh, of course, yes. Can never forget him. Ridiculous. <laughs> no respect. Who is playing with Travis Dermott tonight? Exactly. Look on the him. right side. <laughs> yeah. Why try Travis Dermott on the right side? I don't know. I don't know. Now you know, we're less than a week away from the trade deadline, and we're going to talk about a whole list of trades that happen later, Adam and I. What are some What are some of the moves that you think the Leafs could make within the next, I guess, at this point, six days? Honestly, I actually had them on getting Brendan Dillon, and I just got <laughs> traded today, <laughs> to be honest. That was a that was a that was a quality defenseman I wish the Leafs got. Um, but it's crazy, like thinking like, okay, what are they gonna give up? And what's been kind of like baffling to me is, like, I guess, the prices for all these guys. Right. Like, 
Blake Coleman, like, to Tampa, that was crazy. <laughs> that, that, that was a big trade. The Oilers are apparently about to give up a first-rounder for him, per uh, 31 Thoughts and Elliot Friedman, if you want to look at, talk about prices. <laughs> Does... Yeah. Okay, Adam and I talked about this last episode, and I said this player is not going to be a Maple Leaf. Will Matt Dumba be a Maple Leaf? Oh... You know, for me, I say yes, but I, I don't know. I feel like that's a move you do in the offseason. Because what do you think? I said he's not going to be a Maple Leaf simply because, well, I had two reasons. My silly reason is that, you know, we haven't heard, we've had we've heard too much about Matt Dumba for Kyle Dubas to make a trade. You look at the two big trades he's made. In Jack Campbell, we weren't talking about Jack Campbell. We were talking about Alex Georgiev. You look at the Jake Muzzin deal. I don't think I've ever heard someone mention uh, Jake Muzzin to Toronto before that deal was made. I think that's my silly reason. But my legitimate reason is I don't think he fixes it. Listen, I don't think there's one player that really fixes the Leafs' defensive no. issues. I don't think it makes sense to bring him in because he's still, again, at this point, I think if the Leafs are really looking for some someone, I think they're looking for someone to play with Morgan Riley. I can feel that. I see that too. I can also see Minnesota side through this. If you like, like they're in a weird situation right now and they're old. He's like when they're like guys entering. Their isn't, he, isn't he 27? I will check. He's 20, 25, isn't he? Oh, God. I'm on it, fellas. Don't worry. It, 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 at this, you know what? Like, you know, you look at the other pairings. You have Muz- next year, you're going to have Muzzin and Hall again. If obviously we don't, the Muzzin extension hasn't been confirmed. It probably won't be confirmed until probably next week. Mm. I think you have the Muzzin and Hall pairing. Uh, you have Sandine, and I, I'd assume Liliagrin will be ready for next season, at least the start. You're really missing someone to play with Riley, and is Matt Dumba that guy? And are you only bringing Matt Dumba in because, you know, yes, he's an offensive-type defenseman, but he has grit and toughness? Because if that's the reason you're bringing, bringing him in, I don't think that fully makes sense to me. Dumba is 25, by the way. Four years left at $6 million per. Like, I don't think there's a defenseman out there who can fix all of the Leafs' issues. I think certain things that we talk about can be fixed simply through mature age mm-hmm. and maturity. So I guess, like, I, what's your gauge on Rasmus Sandy entering next year? Like, is he ready? I think he's ready now. He just needs to... I don't know if playing him with Timothy Liljegren right now is the best move. You know, Mm -hmm. sure, they have great chemistry in the AHL, um, which is a completely different league of players. But putting him in the uh, NHL together, you know, I'd rather see them... Like, tonight... Uh, I believe he's going to play with Tyson Berry. That would be interesting to see. Uh, you know, I'd expect Sandine, or I'd expect Keith to tell Sandine to stay a little back, more back. 
mm-hmm. simply because of how Tyson Berry plays. But I'd be interested to see. My only issue with Sandine right now is he's 19. I don't think he's fully fit into his body yet. And he gets, I see him get pushed around a little bit too much. But again, he's great. I think he's an NHL player, but he's still 19 and has so much room to grow. Mm-hmm. I agree. It, uh, you mentioned, it, oh, sorry, go on. No, go ahead. Oh, you mentioned Tyson Berry. Like, what do you guys feel about that? Do you like, I, there's a article right now from Yahoo Sports saying that the Leafs should sell. I I don't think that the Leafs should sell on Tyson Berry. Yeah, like they're uh, talking about. I guess like okay, there's one example they kind of brought up. Who was the writer here? It was Michael Stevens. Oh, yeah, and uh, I don't know. It's just like I guess like there's two perspectives. Like kind of analyzing where are the Leafs right now? Like are they gonna make a run? And second, the other perspective was kind of random to me, to be honest. He uh, compared Tyson Berry to Rudy Gay. Okay. And okay. how the, Rap- the Raptors traded a one-dimensional type player and the team on itself got better. Yeah, here's the thing for here's the thing for me when it comes to Tyson Berry is he's great offensively. I guarantee you, if you place him with someone who is a stay-at-home defenseman, I bet if he played with Ron Hainsey, we we wouldn't be complaining as much mm-hmm. because he has someone there to back him up. Whereas you know, on the you look at the Leafs' left side, uh, Morgan Riley is very similar to him, obviously. Morgan Riley's better defensively than Tyson Berry, but it's not his strong suit. Um, you you play him with Jake Muzzin, it didn't really work out. Travis Dermott, uh, Travis Dermott's uh, burning money right now. So, and and he it just seems it's a wildfire when you put those two players together. Mm-hmm. So unless you're getting a right-handed defenseman back, that isn't it. An improvement defensively, I don't think you move Tyson Berry because you don't have a plan when Tyson Berry is moved. You know, now you only have Justin Hall and Timothy Lilligren. Who are you going to? Who's your third right-handed defenseman? And don't tell me Cody Cece because that would arguably be. I love Timothy Lilligren, but that would be the worst right side ever. That would be in the league. That's true. Adam, so, what do you think? Uh, you know what? There was some part of me that tried to think in my head, if you can work on a trade and extension, you try and throw that into a Dumba sort of situation, but it doesn't really make sense from Minnesota's point of view because we don't even know what Minnesota are. If I'm the Leafs, I treat him as a self-rental. Because as much as you can talk about Tyson Berry's inability to play defense, he's still an offensive defenseman that can do things in the offensive zone right. that that other players can't do. And I mean, we never we, we didn't know that much about his deficiencies until he came over from Colorado. It was it was known, but no one talked about it. I mean, what do you compare him as the left-handed Jake Gardner, except? Not as many people are going up to bat for him. So I would say I, I think it would be better for Toronto to keep their hands on him. But at the same time, we've talked about this, Alex. Daniel, the thing that worries me about Tyson Berry's future in Toronto is we haven't heard any actual trade talks. And when mm-hmm. it's a team like Toronto, 
that's a that's a bigger sign pointed towards maybe he is on his way out because there's such a secretive organization. Yeah, I agree. Is there Adam and I have had this discussion um, a couple times on the podcast. Is there a, a a smaller type move? You know, we all the moves that we've talked about so far have been mo- big moves. Like we've talked about Matt Dumba. Does it make sense for the Leafs to go out there and make a smaller deadline acquisition? Like my main example here always is Zach Bogosian, but maybe that's not the move the Leafs look at. You know, my Another example that I always bring up is the Jets from last year bringing in Nathan Beaulieu and Matt Hendricks, you know, to buff, to build up for the for the playoffs. Is that something the Leafs look at doing? I think so. Like, would it hurt? No, not no. at all. I don't think it would hurt. Like, here's I think a lot of people look at the at our farm system, you know, looking at how many draft picks we have, looking at um, the prospects that we have down there. And I think a lot of people are worried because there's not there's there's a quantity, but there's not quality of players. You know, there's no more Kapanins or Janssens down there who can prove themselves to be, you know, top six um top six forwards at some point you know you have jeremy bracco what the hell jeremy bracco is going to be you still have mason marchman adam brooks uh igor korshkov who played uh sunday and probably going to play again tonight i think people are worried taking away from that because they don't think there's much there i don't mind giving up draft a draft pit like a low-end draft pick for a playoff run, but yeah, I agree. It, it 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 depends how far you think the Leafs are gonna go. And Adam and Adam and I have talked about it on and off the podcast that you look at who like have you looked at the standings lately? I have. Yes, I have it up here. The top two teams in the league, I believe, are they not Tampa and Boston? Yes, by a you're by going margin. to play them. You're going to play that one of them in the first round, and it's more and more and more and more likely looking that you are going to play Boston again in the first round. Right now, Boston has 86 and Tampa has 85, and they have a game in. Wait, 85? Eight. Oh, they don't have a game in hand anymore. No. So, what? Kyle Dubas has to look at what is the is the playoff run going to look like? Because I don't think if you're playing Boston, I don't know if bringing in depth pieces are enough. You know, you've lost Andreas Janssen for eight weeks. You don't, you know, Riley's coming back at the end of March. Mikheyev probably should be hopefully back by the playoffs. Do you bring in another rental piece? Like I not a Chris so. Kreider, not a no. Chris Kreider, not that type. I but what is it that you bring back? Because we know that Dubis is a little reluctant to make rental deals. I think he'd rather make a hockey player trade, as mm-hmm. they call it. Looking at the list right now, and there's a bunch of guys who are like RFAs, but like they're kind of like so. There's their control there, but they're it's like. They're not. They're kind of on the peripheries of like what their team's trying to do. 
Well, Daniel, may I read you something that might be a little interesting? Maybe I can list you some players and you tell me whether the Leafs would go after them. Okay. Well, let me introduce you to the two-on-one podcast trade board. Do 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 do. Well, Daniel, we're so happy that you are here. The trade board consists of two top ten lists. Both of them, well, sorry, one made by me, one made by Daniel. We haven't updated them because um, probably half these players are going to be gone by the end of the night. But first of all, let me pitch this to you. Number nine on Alex's list. Do you think there's any way, chance, that maybe with some retained salary, a guy like Zach Bogosian could be a Leaf? Oh, I believe so. I think if his contract gets terminated, why not? (laughs) I'm looking more and more likely. Uh, I'm going to skip over Jeff Petrie because, A, I don't think he's not getting traded, and B, I don't think the Leafs are going to give up the assets required to take that. Now, this is something I pitched to Alex. He didn't think it would happen. Uh, because the Leafs want a longer-term defenseman. But do you think Sammy Vatanen could be an option for the Leafs? I think so. Right-hand shot, right? Yes. 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 Maybe retain salary here and there. Like, I know people have been talking about Wayne Simmons on his way out for New Jersey, and I think they're willing to retain salary on that. Like, I don't I, I don't, know. I don't see him on Toronto, but I don't, New Jersey's just tearing it down. Do you have something to say there, Alex? You look like Yeah, I was thinking, you know, you brought up the forwards. If the Leafs are going to make a trade for a forward, it's my personal guess is that it's going to be for a third-line center, which we all thought we were getting in Alex Kerfoot. Turns out he can play with John Tavares on the wing. So, you know, what's the move going forward tonight? The projected lines have Freddie Gauthier on the third line and Jason Spezza on the fourth. I think if they're going to move forward with um, with Kerfoot on the wing, you have to go out there and look at bringing in a solidified third line center. Would you guys agree with Chris Tierney? Oh, that's that is interesting. What's his cap hit now? I'm not uh, sure. Two, according to TSN, it's 2.94. And he's an RFA at the end RF- of the year, right? Yes. I could see them making a move like that. It's I don't know if, you know, if it comes with some type of extension, I wouldn't mind it. Mm-hmm. But what is that extension? You know, considering... Listen, considering the tra- the cap trouble, not trouble, the cap issues that are that are on this team, I don't know if they want to put a whole lot of money into into things yet until they kind of know what their defensive situation looks like. That's true. You know, right now, uh, Riley, they have Riley Hall. And Sandine and Lilligren, those are the four defensemen for NHL type defensemen signed for next year. You still got to bring back Dermot and you somehow have to replace Barry. Yeah, there's two other like value options, I guess, at center depth that TSN has on their list. So I don't know if Adam's going to agree or disagree with this one, but Nate Thompson. 
That is a name that probably will get moved, yes. And he, yes. Nate Thompson, just for you Leaf fans out there who may not know a lot about him, uh, if you're getting one thing from Thompson, you're getting a guy who is heavy and a guy who can does a really good job of killing penalties. And that's about it. That's actually something the Leafs need, though. You say that, and that the I don't think the Leafs have a, a legitimate center who can play on the penalty kill. Okay, other option is Barclay Goudreau from San Jose. No. No? I don't know enough about him. No. He's not a... He, yeah, but I don't know... Th- th- is he a center? He's a center. Oh, I thought he was a winger. What about Jumbo Joe? Because his, his name's been out there. Well, what's the deal that, you know, I, I, I wouldn't mind that. You know, I don't think he's going to get overpaid, uh, overplayed, sorry. It's just a matter, you know, ju- how old is he? He's 40. Mm-hmm. You know, you have your third line center who's 40 and you have Jason Spezza playing fourth line center and he's also over 35. I'm not sure how old Jason Spezza is. Um, I don't know what that looks like. Oh, other option, Derek Grant. He's a UFA at 700,000K and he has 14 goals this year. And on on Anaheim, yes. All interesting options. And Mm -hmm. the thing for me is, again, it comes at what is the price? And also comes with, I don't know if Kyle Dubas makes a deal for uh, for someone who is oh, who contract is up at the end of the year. Because from what we've heard, it doesn't seem like he wants to do that. You know, this year he traded for Kyle Clifford. He's he's and Jack Campbell Clifford's done at the end of the year. You know, do they re-sign him? I'm not entirely sure, but I think the big part of that deal was bringing in Jack Campbell, who's not only signed for this year, but who's signed for the next two years. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a matter of okay, you know, from what we've all heard is that it's simply he wants to make a hockey a hockey deal. He wants to bring in someone with term. I guess I don't know if he's necessarily looking at forwards. I think for for me, the biggest concern is bringing in someone on the back end. And, you know, we talk about a player like Matt Dumba. Listen, I don't think it's possible that they do this, and I don't know how the hell they would pull this off, but I wouldn't be surprised if they make a pitch to Alex Petrangelo if he makes it to free agency, but it'd be a absolute nightmare of a cap situation to figure out thank god they have the guy who invent who who helped write the cap <laughs> um wow big swing <laughs> alex petrangelo mm. but uh, i'm just saying that's that's a you know all everyone last year talked about you know what if william nylander's not gonna sign trade him for alex petrangelo you know i don't think his and, and the deal apparently was there there was a somewhat of a deal there that involved Petrangelo and Nylander. That's the guy who fixes it. That he's not. He's going to fix most of your defensive problems. He's. Yes. But what is what's the cost there? A lot. A lot. That is a Team Canada top pairing defense. He's one of those rare defensemen, like a Victor Hedman, that is can play and give a lot offensively. And actually plays good on his own zone. It's amazing he's never been a Norris finalist, eh? Yeah, um, surprising. Daniel, we've only got you for a few more minutes here. So just to close out, 
Um, I just want to quickly rapid fire list you some trades that have happened over the past like hour. You know, just really rapid fire. Give me your thoughts in that on this. So, of course, Blake Coleman goes to the Tampa Bay Lightning from the Devils. The Devils get a 2022nd and sorry, a 2021st rounder, which is of course the Vancouver pick from the JT Miller deal and forward prospect Nolan Foote, who Tampa chose 27th overall in the 2019 draft. Okay, a lot to give, but. Tampa could afford that. Like, it's not going to affect them in any way, to be honest. But a win for New Jersey, though. I like it. Uh, the Habs flip Marco Scandal, who they originally got for a fourth-round pick from the Buffalo Sabres, and in return, a conditional fourth in 2021 and a 2022nd rounder from the St. Louis Blues. Good <laughs> asset management by the Habs. I like it. The Capitals now have Brendan Dillon, Tom Wilson, and Radko Gudas on one team. They give up a 2022nd and a 2021 conditional third-round pick to get Brendan Dillon from the San Jose Sharks. They're ready for their uh, playoff run. A lot of grit there. Wow. I wanted Brendan Dillon on the Leafs. That's not a fun team to play. Uh, The Washington Capitals, sorry, the Ottawa Senators trade Dillon DeMello. I really like this move. To the... Winnipeg Jets, 2023rd rounder. The Jets need defensemen, and there they go. They got one. Win-win for both teams. A prospect trade. Julian Gauthier goes to the Rangers from Carolina for Joey. I'm not going to say this right. Keen. Joey Keen. Joey Keen. Yeah. Yeah, so interesting. I was reading on this before I uh, got on the show. Julian Gauthier, I don't know. He's my world junior boy two years ago. Has he is? Uh, hasn't really like got it all together so far. In the big leagues, uh, Joey Keen, interesting, is a center prospect, I believe. But everyone's kind of like Northeastern University, Northwestern, one of them. <laughs> but like, I know people are kind of like knocking on him. Like he's having a great season, but like he's only 160 pounds, and Ooh. he's like six feet. Joey Keen. That's nothing, Jesus. Uh, the Canucks. Yeah. I'll I'll skip all the little details. They acquire. Good old Tyler Toffoli reunited with Tanner Pearson, of course. Second rounder goes in there, Tyler Madden, all that type of stuff. What do you think of this move for the Canucks, who will be without Brock Besser for the rest of the regular season? Solid pieces. They get a proven score. And I don't know, Vancouver's, they're for real this year. It's really Uh, showing it. I remember we criticized the JT Miller trade. I know, right? And, of course, the Devils have sent their captain and defenseman Andy Green to the Islanders in exchange for... David Quinbill in a 2020, sorry, 2021 second round pick. I'm laughing at the notes. Green waves is no trade. I think that was a Lula Morello contract. It was. Yeah. And I in the I, notes, I questioned how the hell he had a, a no trade gloss. That's yeah. Ridiculous. I don't know. Crazy. That's funny. Lula Morello reacquires him. Yeah. But I don't know. It, He's really declined the last three years and solid for the Devils to get a second rounder out of him. All right. I think that's everything. It's exactly 6 o'clock. Daniel, thank you very much for giving us your time. It's always great to have you on. You give great insight. Uh, Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, I'll be on the show again soon, hopefully for the whole time next time. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. Awesome. All right. Have a great show, guys. Take it easy, man. Love you. Of course, if you want to listen or find Daniel's stuff, we'll put links to his Twitter and that in the description, of course. Thank you again to Daniel for coming on the show. It feels like we talked to him just a second ago, because we did, didn't we, Alex? Of course. Anyway, I love what he had to say, and I totally remember, because it wasn't two hours ago.
Anyway. Okay, let's talk about the Habs. Yeah, um, so apparently Shea Weber and Paul Byron will both play tonight. I haven't seen anything on if Gallagher is or not. Paul Byron, his first game since freaking November. And, wow. uh, yeah, first thing I want to say is, um, so apparently Zidane Chara called up uh, Brendan Gallagher and apologized. That's great. I don't is, care. He's hard to stay mad at, but we're talking about nah, that. Did you see? I don't care. That Claude Julian got fined $10,000. Yeah, that pissed me off. I'm not going to lie. And I'm oh. a Leafs fan. Oh, he, oh, buddy. Oh, hi there. I'm going to cross-check someone in the face. I'm only going to give him $5,000. But the league gets its feelings hurt by a coach. And we're going to give him double that. Because yep. player safety matters. Well, listen. Uh, they, I think it was on the, the latest SDP. Obviously, the the league, the Department of Player Safety, have set a precedent that they want violence. That is just clear. Yeah. So they can do whatever the hell they want. Something I'm telling you, and I, I, I don't want to get into it too much, but something bad is going to happen on the ice. Like I mean, bad. B A D, capital all of them. <laughs> and I'm going to sit there and tell you, yeah, you know why that happened? Because no one did a freaking thing. You can't hurt the league's feelings, though, Alex. Don't you no. know that? Oh, I don't want to get fined $5,000. I'm sorry. No, $10,000. Oh, I, I don't want to get fined $10,000. I apologize. So. I want to read you something interesting because, of course, the whole Shea Weber thing. Originally, his career was done. <laughs> then it was four to six weeks with an ankle sprain. And then he's playing tonight. <laughs> so I want to read you because everyone was speculating, oh, this, that, the other. So this is from Robbie Stanley at R. Stanley NHL. And I think this is going to explain a lot, ladies and gentlemen. We talked about Paul Stassi earlier in the year, how just all the injuries and that just happened to have his thousandth game versus the Winnipeg Jets in his hometown of Winnipeg. Listen to this from Robbie Stanley. Quote, so let's say Shea Weber returns to the lineup for Montreal tomorrow, which it sounds like he certainly wants to. He's played 980 games in his career. If he returns tomorrow and doesn't miss another game, his 1,000th game will take place April 1st in Nashville, Tennessee. That's great. The team he was the former captain of, the Habs traded for him from, for P.K. Subban. And I have one thing to say about that. Two things, sorry. First of all, that's going to be really sweet. Second of all, thank you, Shay, for potentially shortening your career because you wanted to have a special moment in Nashville. Yeah. When do... Uh, when does a team step in and say, hey, idiot, worry about your health, please... Listen, you know, obviously, uh, Kiprios, um, Nick Kiprios sent out the tweet, which caused an absolute fire in Montreal. Uh, obviously, apologized for it. But, and then they come out and, you know, and say, oh, it's four to six weeks. And like five, not even a week later, the guy's back playing. Isn't that concerning at a little bit? So apparently what they're what everyone is saying is the swelling was just so bad originally they couldn't tell. Then it went to four to six weeks. 
And it felt like the four to six weeks diagnosis was more of a reaction to Kipper, which you're the Montreal Canadiens have some balls. And Shea Weber okay. says that he's obviously not 100%, but he's good enough. Which Shea Weber, if you saw the Ryan Johansson quote of he probably doesn't feel pain, means that Shea Weber is not okay. And I think also the Dangle pod suggested that potentially there is some scenario where if there is a surgery, I'm not going to say whether there is or not, I don't know that much, that instead he could have chosen to have it during the season or the summer, which is, I God, I really hope not, but Brandon Gallagher is not playing tonight. Uh, for me, See, the thing for me when it comes to Weber, you know, you I, I think... Listen, he's a great player, but I think you have to treat him with care based on his age and, you know, looking at past injuries. You know, one more decent-sized injury could be, okay, maybe not career-threatening, but could very well screw him over. He's still on IR. I mean, he is playing, but he has seven years on his deal left. Like, you have to treat this man with tender love and care <laughs> okay tender love and care Shea Weber I would be I, if I to be honest if this was my team I would be concerned because you look at the what the potential is there and you know you never know if he needs surgery or not but if I'm if if the Canadians don't make the playoffs and I find out the when? day so do you say when the Canadians don't make the playoffs? Yeah, they're not making it. Okay. When the Canadians don't make the playoffs and you find out that he has to have surgery, I would be absolutely pissed off. I will make very angry video. <laughs> because he's because he's obviously injured. No way you d- d- tell, tell us 100%. that. Like, that's, you know, that just doesn't make sense to me. Like, say, you know what? If you need surgery, do the surgery now. It's not like they've had a star player before not be 100% and they let them play. Aha! Hello, Carey Price. Cough, cough. Jonathan Druid! The guy came back for a game and then said, I can't play. That was okay. Well, for first of all, he apparently he had a sprained ankle in like his second game back. But at the same time, yeah, the wrist injury he couldn't take one timers or take a hard pass, like receive them because it was hurting too much. You know what doesn't make sense to me is everything perhaps. Sure, but this is the second time I've heard that. Oh, it's the player's option to. If they want to play or not. Druin can play if he wants to. It's up to the player. He's injured. Don't clear him. He can't take a hard pass and can't take a one-timer. Don't clear the guy if that's the case. Because obviously he can't play. No. If you Don't. can't take a hard pass, then if you... like that, That's a basic thing in the game. You're Jonathan Druin. You're a playmaker. Like, come on. So, no, he can't receive hard passes or take a one-timer, which still. That seems ridiculous to me. Like, whose pass are you going to be taking on that? Cody Cece's? Like, 
What's what is what's going on there? Well, clearly they need everything they they have against the Detroit Red Wings. Obviously, just so annoying, so annoying. It it doesn't make it doesn't add up. It just doesn't add up well for me. Oh no, <gasps> it, it's. I don't know why this team that is so focused on, you know, we're not going to trade this asset, this asset, because we're going to be better next year. We're going to fight till the end. Why there isn't just some sort of consensus of, listen, guys, I, I can't even understand why athletes have this thing of, I'm going to put my body on the line, because even though it's clearly going to shorten my career, I would think it would be selfish for you to put yourself in the position to make your injuries worse, to not preserve your career and your body. But hey, I never played, so what do I know? It's just exactly. as a fan, it, this is. I can yell all I want about Ross, this, but at the same time, this isn't the first time a Habs player, not even just this year, but in the past few years, has put their body on the line, and it's incredibly frustrating. And not only to the players, but the fact that the team doctor allows this to happen. Right, and I think that's for me. That's the bigger point here. You know, I understand, like. All the players, they want to play hockey, or most of them do. Unless you're in Buffalo, then I don't know what the <laughs> hell you want to do. But for the most part, these guys want to play hockey. I understand that. But if I'm the you're the Montreal Canadiens, if I'm any team doctor, and I find out that, oh, my player can't take a pass, or my, my player was supposed to be out four to six weeks but made a miraculous recovery five days later. Um, I think something is up there. Don't clear the guy. I wonder if they just mistweeted and instead of four to six weeks. It they was- meant four to six days. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a, te- just a template. Jesus. Well, anyway, Alex, uh, I can hear the anthem because, of course, my family's watching the Leafs game, the weirdos. So I will let you go watch that, of course. Uh, this is a long episode, ladies and gentlemen. We hope you enjoyed. Thank you again for Daniel. Uh, come on. Yeah. I just want to I have re- one last thing. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Malkin is not being traded. He is merely just sick. Cowards. Um, and just not playing. By the way, this is from James Dutchie. He says, thank you for your thoughts and love. I'm safe. <laughs> Hug your kids a little tighter tonight. Hashtag trade center. <laughs> Uh, your best, that's a tweet, James Dutchie, your best wishes. Jeff Merrick, too. Um, but thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. I'm thinking, Alex, do we want to make, not make another episode till after trade deadline? Or uh, make a shorter episode on Sunday to preview it than just, yes. okay, then, never mind, people, ignore me. I don't know what I'm doing. But if you enjoyed this episode, wherever you're listening to this podcast, if you can, you know, subscribe if, or leave a comment, like, all that kind of stuff for review, you should do that. Give us feedback on what we're doing wrong, what we're doing right. More about what we're doing right because we have no confidence. Uh, don't listen to me. Alex is shaking his head. But anyway, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, my YouTube channel, the show's YouTube channel for clips and all that type of stuff. All that will be in the description. Alex, anything else to say to the lovely listeners? Uh, keep listening. Yeah, we're almost at 50. Yeah, almost yeah. there. So, hey, we'll see you all later. <laughs> <laughs>